See, now, now it pops up. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Welcome back to the uh, Across the Cowboys podcast. As you can tell, Paul isn't here. It's, it hasn't been. We're probably going to see him in the chat, but you know he's gone. You'll have the younger version again. What's up? I I think it's kind of a gift that I'm back. Well, let's go. So, and of course, we have the best co-host of all time. I can never take that position. I don't think I'll ever will. Mike the Pig Crumb. Mike, how you doing? How are you going to be the best co-host of all time if you just host every week now? <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I thought it was because we lost, and now we come back with a victory, and he's like, nah, I'm good. You guys go ahead. I'm like, what is it? We can only have two lazy people that don't want to come on, and I'm I'm supposed to be the top spot there. <laughs> hey, I'll sub in for both. What is this? <laughs> Next week. Next week, be prepared. You're gonna, you're gonna be, or no, it's this week, right? Yeah. Oh, I don't well, know. If we have a bye. Well, we, we have a bye week. That's we right. We're not gonna have anybody. Okay, so none of us will be on. Yeah, it's okay. Y'all are gonna miss us. It's fine. Y'all have some withdrawal syndrome here, but you know, hopefully, y'all will get through with it. Mike, where can we find you? At CD Piglet, guys. Nice and easy. I'm Brendan Smith. You can find me at Brendan underscore Smith 26. Well, guess what? It sounds weird to say it like this, but it's a victory Tuesday. We're here on a Tuesday night and we're celebrating. It feels real. I got, I got to get a little nuts. I'm sorry. I haven't been posting that much on the Twitter account. I've been in love with the Texas Rangers. They've had my heartstrings for the past week and a half, two weeks. So that's my door. I'll get back. Right. I'll get right back on it. But right now, it's, we're, we're right here. We're talking about Cowboys. But since it's Tuesday, we don't have any meatless Monday. Let's just get right. Let's just get right into the questions. I agree. So, what impressed you the most about the Cowboys' victory? Uh, Dak's use of his legs. The fourth and one run for a touchdown was like when when they ran the play. I was like, well, that didn't work, and I, I just didn't even think he was going to keep it. I was just like, he doesn't even try that anymore, and he did. And then basically the whole game was was him in third and six and third and seven escaping the rush and uh, throwing for first downs and trying to extend drives. So yeah, definitely my main thing was Dak's use of his legs. He, he was really impressive uh, uh, Monday night. I'm going to go with his, you know, his partner in crime, CD lamb. He talked about and talked about wanting to get involved. Goes off seven catches, 114, yards. Yeah, that's that's pretty nice from your number one receiver. It's kind of crazy what happens when you know you actually get him the ball, but you know we'll get into that later. For real. All right, was this more good Cowboys or bad Chargers? I wrote this down the first time and I put bad Chargers, and then I was going through it and I was like, you know what? To be honest, like my reasoning, if it's it's a little of both. You know, but I felt like the stuff that the Chargers were doing bad was kind of caused by the good Dallas was doing. So um, I put good Cowboys. Um, I thought Dak made enough plays on offense with his legs, uh, either running or extending plays to to make passes. Um, And the defense shut down Eckler in the run game under two yards of carry. And they got in Herbert's face. And so... That was kind of the two keys to this game. It's not like there was some, it was some 40, 38, you know, it was 27 or uh, 17, 20. So yeah, I, I'm going to go good Cowboys, but like, it was like two teams that like to mess up and like the Chargers mess up worse than Dallas, you know? So I guess the fact that we didn't, you know, biff it worse than the Chargers did, uh, makes it good Cowboys. <laughs> we didn't out Chargers the Chargers. Yes, tough to do, even from the Cowboys. <laughs> it's super tough. You're, you're, you're talking about Eckler. I faced him in fantasy, and I still lost, even with him sucking. So that hurt my soul. Mm-hmm. I but So I missed a good portion of the game because I, I was in class. But from what I saw, it, it's got to be good Cowboys. Like the Chargers did have some miss it, but also they had some blown plays on the defense. They were going down the field, but then when the de- when you needed the defense the most, they got to stop. Deron Bland, your guy, should have had at least two ints last night. He should have. So like, 
we'll get into the coaching. The players, I feel like we're just going to see a, a theme tonight about how we're talking about this. But the players showed up when they needed to. Well, most of them did. But, yeah, it's got to be good Cowboys. I agree. Why would you not skip class to watch the Cowboys game? Because I need to make sure and focus. It's Texas government. I got to make sure I know that stuff for the test that is next week. Oh, God. I don't know. I guess it's excusable. I, I would have ditched a class. Hey, I already skipped one class yesterday for the Ranger game. I couldn't skip two, man. <laughs> okay, fair. Well, do you believe this is a bounce back game for the, uh, for the defense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to give them that. Um, just the way they, they, they stopped, they shut down the run. They made sure they said, no matter what, Eckler's not going to get us. Somebody else gets us, you know. Um, they had a the Chargers had a few opportunities on some deep balls they missed, uh, but basically the Cowboys were like, if Herbert beats us throwing to somebody other than Eckler, fine. But you're not going to throw to Eckler, and you're not going to run to Eckler. Win some other way. And uh, and they accomplished what their goal was. They shut that down. And so I got to give them a bounce back on that. They also had an almost like 50% pressure rate. Uh, doing that while shutting down a run game is extremely impressive. No, I agree. The front, the front four, I still wish a little bit more. I think because I'm greedy. I've seen what this defense can do. The pressure rate, phenomenal. I just kind of want them to finish. I've seen so many times Herbert just throw someone off. I'm like, damn it. I'm like, come on. You were right there. But, no, when they needed the most, game-winning play. The, before the game-winning play, Micah gets his first sack of the game. Huge. And then second, uh, last play of the game, he rushes Herbert, gets right in his face, throws it to Gilmore for the IMT to seal it against my guy, Quentin Johnson. That hurt my soul a little bit seeing it, but that's it. He played great. Like the defense showed up and Marquis spell. Oh my god. What a game. Like Leighton, I love you. I've seen some people comparing his injury to Dak, which was uh I hate those takes. But take your time, buddy. Marquise is here and dang, him and uh Damone Clark are so much fun as a duo. Yeah, that uh, Bell played his butt off, and uh, while the the sacks weren't there for the for the team, because I think they believe they they weren't going all out at first. They were making sure, hey, we got to stop the run, which I love that. But they had so many pressures where when you watch, you know, some of the uh, I haven't gotten to get through all of the all twenty two, but I went through uh, and found uh, plays on pressures, you know, and they you could see how many times they missed guys open like that last play. If you look, Eckler is the check down and he was open and he had nobody around him, but because they pressured him so much, he had to force it over to, uh, to Quentin and, and Gilmore got the pick on him to end the game. Was the chargers issues on offense more about, uh, uh, about Kellen Moore, Justin Herbert, or just the Cowboys defense actually, you know, smothering them. <clears throat> Uh, I want to give the Cowboys D credit because they, they had such a high pressure rate, but I'm going to put this on Herbert. Uh, her, you know, not that Moore called some great game or anything, but Herbert missed a lot of open dudes. And I'm talking like Keenan Allen had two touchdowns. He just overthrew. And on the other side, Dak missed two touchdown throws, but Dak also was making plays extending, you know, I didn't feel like Herbert made enough plays and he's too good for that. Like I understand on, on, uh, on uh, what's the word potential uh, and the numbers he puts up, why people would put Herbert above Dak. I, I, um, I'm okay. Not arguing against that. That's fine. Uh, if you want to put Herbert above Dak, um, I have no problem with that. But in a game like this, this is where people who would pick Dak would go like, well, y'all would kill Dak if he played a game like this where not only did he miss guys, but he didn't really make any plays. Like he just didn't, uh, he's too good for how little he did in that game. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put that one on, on Herbert myself. I, 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 the stingeful person in me wants to say Kellen Moore, 
with our defense holding him to 17 points. But no, I agree with you. It's Herbert. I think, of course, he's super young, crazy talented, probably the second or third best arm in the league behind either just Mahomes or Mahomes and Allen. But I don't think he has the experience. Like, he's not a clutch quarterback. You watch the wild card game from last year. They choked 27 to nothing. You can say this coaching, which it it is, but your player still should be able to make plays. He does. He doesn't. I think he's relying so much on his talent, not his knowledge of the game. I'm probably gonna get ridiculed for that, saying I don't know anything. But did you watch the game? He didn't make that any crazy reads. He had some great throws, and like you said, some overthrows. It was just meh. Justin Herbert, Dak easily outplayed him, and everyone's gonna be like, oh the. Uh, the Tony Pollard uh, play, it had so many yards. Dak made that play. Are yeah. you kidding me? I don't care that Dak didn't chuck it 80 yards downfield. He made the play. Like, it's not everything's about air yards, even though sometimes you wish it would. It wasn't. But Yeah, Herbert, uh, Herbert uh, feels a lot like a, a more talented, but it feels like he has a little bit of wince to him. Like, like it just never seems like, Things go his way. He'll miss a pass at the wrong time. He'll look. Wentz made throws where you were like, damn, it's crazy how talented this guy is. And then it just stuff would happen. You're like, how? How did that, you know? So I I think Justin Herbert will end up being a much better quarterback, uh, like you said, with experience, you know? And he doesn't seem to rub his teammates the wrong way, the way Wentz does. So I think people will fight for him. And that'll give him a chance to better his play. But he feels very wince like early, very talented, but like with often tangibles. Things just don't seem to go right for him. Well, this next question, see, we're we're being so positive. We're being the exact opposite of what you and I usually do. But we're going right back down to earth. How about how did the end of the first half make you feel? Pessimistic. <laughs> that's that's what we typically are. I I was pissed. I'm not gonna lie. I was it. It felt like a team that was like, like you you have a very low ceiling or low floor, maybe. It, it felt like they just that thought process, the way of that thinking, the way they they game plan, the way they they do that. It, it, it you felt very like you can't get your hopes up too much. Like there's only so much that I could be like. Oh, we won a bit like, okay, so I'll go into this. I'll go into a little bit of a rant here, right? So after the game, I was feeling pessimistic. A lot of it was because of that, but a lot of it was very, um, uh, it felt like we were playing the 32nd ranked defense and our offense really, I mean, it. our regular offensive called plays barely did anything. If we did anything on, on, on offense, it almost always was Dak escapes trouble runs around and makes a play. It wasn't like Dak dropped back 20 of his 28 completions and it was boom, 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 in rhythm, hit a play. What a nice play call set up. There wasn't hardly any of that that I can remember. All the memorable big plays was, oh, oh, don't, oh God, how did he get out of that? Okay, don't turn the ball over. Oh shit, all right, first down. Oh, good, good, good. You know, it was that kind of thing. And, and, it made me feel very pessimistic. And I ended up going back to why I picked the Chargers. I never picked them on anything talent-wise, anything on the field. I told myself I'm a very schedule-oriented person. I said, Chargers are coming off a bye. The Dallas Cowboys are coming off the Niners game. Last year, teams went 0-15 after playing the Niners. They beat you up. They take a physical toll. This year, only the Steelers had won after facing them. So you had that with the Chargers coming off a bye with our team having to travel two times to the West Coast because they didn't stay on the West Coast. They flew all the way back. So just with all that, I was like, you know what? The team, we forget that it's not Madden. These guys are human beings. They got worn down the Niner game. They have all this travel. Chargers are coming off a bye. They're going to be able to change some stuff up, change some looks up. It's a reason our O-line looked lost a few times last night. I think you see looks that you expect one thing to happen. 
And over the bye week, the cha- the team makes adjustments and it catches you off guard. And so thinking back to that, I was like, you know what? You escaped a tough situation with a win. And it made me flip that pessimism to, nah, man, that was a good win. But that play is is the one thing that I'm still like, how how is how with eight seconds and a timeout can you say you believe in your offense? Uh, if two you did not, well, I mean they would have took the timeout with eight seconds, so they would yeah. have had one left. My bad, my bad. No, 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 no. I know what you mean. They did have two left. Uh, if they would have took the timeout with eight seconds left, they'd had a timeout and enough time to make a play at the end zone. Even if something happens where it's a sack, something like that, you fall, you call timeout, you got a second or two left, you kick your field goal, like. It just blew my mind that they that they that they didn't do anything there. Like that is there's one thing to not go for a fourth and two and kick a fuel and get ahead and say, you know what, we want the lead, we believe in our defense. But to just take the ball out of your offense's hands and say, No, 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 we don't need this extra play, run it down, call timeout, kick the field goal. That it 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 literally upset me. Like that is not football. That's not football at the high school level. You you don't do that. Like, so it, it made me pissed off. I'll, I'll put my two cents. But then I gotta add a question. I just I just thought of. Um. So when we my, I was watching with my dad and his friend outside, we we're just chilling and say, okay, we got one, we got one more shot, maybe two. If he throws it really quick, we got two shots. Why isn't the clock st- – why, why does it say three seconds? Like, what happened? Like, what did we miss? We thought the rest screwed us somehow. And you're like, what the fuck? Like, cool. You take points off the board. Awesome. And then you hear Joe Buck come on during the second half. McCarthy waited – talked to the ref, waited for the clock to go down. That took a timeout. And it's utterly insane. Everyone's going to be like, oh, he doesn't trust it. I can just- he doesn't give him opportunities. I cannot trust someone all I want. But if I ever want that to change, you need to see something. I need like if I didn't trust you for like if you were gonna say something, like I need to hear you out first before I know I'm like, okay, hey, I can't trust it. I'm like uh, you gave him no hope. Like you you're showing that you have no hope in your quarterback. And I don't understand it. And my question is, when's the last time you've seen this offense, or of course this year, because you know we've had to kill him more, that they important drive before half or the end of the game, they're trying to go for a touchdown. That you feel like this offense, like, hey, we're going to score. No, all every important drive is like, just get a field goal. Come on, just get us in field goal range. Brandon Opry has been perfect. Why? You're going to beat for a Super Bowl. And you're just like, please, I, I'm getting Jason Garrett flashbacks, and it hurts my head. When Pollard got tackled on that 60-yard play, I legitimately – I'm not. I even tweeted about it at the time. I said, well, we, we're going to get a field goal. Like that's that's how bad the 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 offense right now feels. That's how bad it feels. Is that when he got caught from behind by Asante Samuel, I instantly was like, "Damn, this this is going to be just a field goal." We all thought the same. We all. I'm tired of thinking that. I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to see a cool play to books, Lamb, Gallup, or Pollard to do something insane. We're playing for an effing field goal. I love Brandon Aubrey. I have Brandon Aubrey in fantasy. So you're thinking like, oh, I love this. No, I'm tired of it. I'd much rather watch the Cowboys win than do anything in fantasy. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I I don't get it. I think he's got a parlay or something with Brandon Aubrey. <laughs> if he makes this many kicks a game, McCarthy wins, and he can go buy like Popeyes or something. Go Brandon Aubrey, by the way. Probably the most consistent best player on our team so far. Easily, are you kidding? Besides that one missed kick, week one, the extra point, he's been perfect. I'm so happy to be wrong. I saw that. I'm like, oh no, not again. This is gonna be Brett Maher's first stint here all over again. Brandon Aubrey's like, I don't care. He just nails it. I've n- I haven't felt confident in a kicker in a while. It feels weird, but yep. hey, that that soccer kid can play. Yep, it's beautiful. This game give you more confidence in the coaching staff? Which side of the ball? <laughs> it's an open-ended question. It's an open-ended. Um, defensively, sure. The way that they set up with with all the injuries, the way they played Mar- uh, Marquise Belmore, 
And again, I haven't gone over the all 22, but watching it uh, and how he was deployed, I truly believe that they told him, hey, Eckler's your guy. You're going to go out like that one year they did. They would bring Jordan Lewis in to. Um, oh, during the Saints game. The spy. Yeah, the spy Kamara. Yeah. That's what this felt like. Like the play where Mar- Marquise Bell jumped the, the halfback dive up the middle and had him in the backfield. I was like, well, he's he's covering him in man. This is him. Hey, if he's going to get a, a run and you have a hole to get, go get him. If he goes out, that's your guy. Go watch him. We'll we'll help bracket or whatever. We'll have stuff going on, but you're you're on him constantly. That's what it felt like with Marquis Bell. Um, and the way they shut down the run, they came out and said, you know, uh, uh, Kellen Moore has run the ball a lot. He ran the ball a lot the first game with Eckler before he got hurt. Um, Eckler looked to be a good. They even threw screens to him this game, which I was shocked. You know, Kellen Moore doesn't throw screens hardly ever. And they really locked him up. So defense, yes, I felt more, um, more. Uh, uh, what was the word? Confident. Come on, y'all. They ain't there? Ain't nobody that Dak Prescott, Ceedee Lamb, none of the offensive line, no fan, no analyst, nobody left that game thinking the offense was more confident than the offense. Nobody, nobody. It was bad. The offensive line was bad. You know, that, that the whole game was run the ball for a yard, run the ball for two yard. Oh my God, Dak's going to get sacked on third and long six plus. Oh no, he, he got away. Oh, what is he going to, you know, he made a play or he got sacked. You know, that was basically all offense the whole time. They used a few more motion. And when they were successful, it was almost always when they frigging used motion, which is, that even makes it worse. That it literally works. The only time you have good plays is when it works, and then you limit how much you use it. Like, use it every play. Use it. And if you don't have enough plays with motion, add fucking motion to your plays then. That's what you need to do. Period. They use it motion 80% of the time in Miami. 80%? So don't tell me, like, oh, we're going to run out of these plays. No, just move people around. Even if you just go back to the regular play. Just move them around so it, it, you you're... Quarterback can see something so your team can see how people align and shift. Golly, dude. No, of course. Who who had more confidence in the offense after that game? There was more confidence in the offense. Like after the 49er game, you were at least, you were like, well, you played the best defense in the league. No wonder you shit the bed. You know, you were like the quarterback had a bad game. You know, he missed Luke. Like, you were making excuses. They were winning in this game. You were like, my God, this offense is god-awful. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. No, the the only problem I have with what you just said, how do I follow up that? (laughs) (laughs) I agree. That's what you – you just go, that sums it up. (laughs) You know what? I'm looking down here. I feel like that's what – you said all the right things. Is there anything that, like, what was the part of the offense that you hated most? Oh, oh where, where do I begin? Like, this could be a whole podcast. Give, itself, me, give me just your one, like, one worst thing about the offense. Uh, running the ball up the middle, first and second down, with Tony Pollard, who's, like, 205. You have speed at the running back position. The only people Rico Dowell can go up the middle. He's got a little bit. He's got a little bit bigger, or he plays bigger than what he is. Hunter Lipke, you can go up the middle because he's a big boy. I don't know why they think with Pollard and they thought of uh, who, why am I blanking on uh, Stu Vaughn? Yeah, like we're gonna run up the middle. Ze- Zeke's not back there. I, first off, I got every time I talk about this, I gotta always say I don't want Zeke. I'm not one of those people like oh we gotta bring him back. No, we don't miss him. Me either. Screw, like, screw you. No. <laughs> We're not doing I even open that can of worms. But, like, you have smaller backs. Because what? They're fast. You get into the outside. One play, Terrence Steele completely whiffs. And Pollard still gets nine yards because he's fast enough to get to the edge. Your tackle legit gave up on the edge blocking. And Pollard still shoots it. Every bad running play, having someone where Pollard goes up the middle, and you see a linebacker shoot and bulldozes him. It's that like you're so predictable. I could call defensive plays. Like I do in Madden, where I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna blitz first down. 
guess what? It would work. I could call defensive plays against Mike McCarthy. And with the whole motion thing, we're cavemen here. We are cavemen in this offense. Kellen Moore used to do like I don't know the percentage, so I'm not gonna say it. But like a pretty good amount of time. Just so like your quarterback can be as smart as like Mahomes or anything. You see motion, you see the defense. Oh shoot, hey, he's falling. That's man coverage right there. Or hey, he's the same back. The zone is pushing outside. It's cover three. Like it helps your it helps your quarterback. Like, okay, I know what to do. I know who to attack. Instead of just relying on him to be Jesus. Like <laughs> I don't I love he was, Jack. He was pretty Jesus too that game. Yeah. He, for the oh. offense, he was El I don't Samuel. want that though. I don't want that though. Like, I don't I mean, need that every game. Like I'm t- I'm so happy he d- I'm so happy he did it. Like I'm very like that's my quarterback right there. But if you're banking on him just bringing you out of the dust, why? You're you going to get annihilated by the 49ers. Is what's going to happen. Shouldn't, you shouldn't put him with I want I want this to happen before Dak's like 34, 36. I want to see a coaching staff play to his strengths. Running the ball, throwing it deep, throwing it over the middle. Like, I would love to see one time. I've gotten in so many arguments the past, like, two weeks about the coaching staff and all that. And like, oh, it's still Dak. I'm like, name me a coordinator slash a head coach that he's had that has played to his strengths. Oh, oh you can't. Because Scott Linehan didn't do that. Jason Garrett didn't do that. Kellen Moore, yeah, kind of. But still, that scheme didn't work. And now McCarthy's – I watch. I feel like I'm watching coach suggestions on Madden right now. With this bad, bad coach suggestions. <laughs> huh, we can do the, all these deep plays. What's that halfback draw over there? I like that. I like that. It's so it's so stupid. I can scream about it. I if y'all see my Twitter, you know I'm going off on it. But uh there's more topics we'll have about that, we'll talk more, but uh it's still gross. Are you afraid of how the offensive line played? Yeah, I'm worried. Um, uh, Tyler, while still been okay, he has not been as good the last few games. Um, I'm not expecting him to play at the level he did his first two games at guard, but the last two have been worse than he was at tackle last year. That That is alarming. Biotis is obviously injured. Um it's impacting the fact that Biotis is injured and Steele isn't the same guy coming back from injury at this point is affecting Martin because he's got liability to the left and right right now. Um, and Tyron's fine. Like he's not what he was. He got beat a couple times. That's going to happen. Uh, they played Khalil Mack. Like Tyron five years ago. Sure. Shuts down Khalil Mack. This Tyron's not going to, when you face Khalil Mack, when you face, um, Joey Bosa. Uh, Joey Bosa, uh, who he didn't get much. They kept him on steel most of the time, uh, if if at all. I don't even remember if they if he went against them. But for the most part, I'm not too worried about Tyron Smith other than health. He'll get beat a few times. For the most part, he's good. But from the left on, Martin even had some bad plays. And I think it's because he doesn't trust his left and right, you know, so he's so every once in a while he'll make a mistake, and he's normally the one that makes no. He's perfection over there. So him making one or two, you know, Tyron, I'm good with it. Zach Martin, I'm like, wait, what's going on? But it's because Steele's not the same guy, and Biotis is dealing with injury, so he's not the same guy. So, you know, yeah, uh, I'm worried for the O line. They, they, I believe my belief is they'll be fine. My, that's my belief. With more time together, this is their second game. Uh, you know, I believe over the stretch of if Tyron stays healthy and they play the next five games together, I think, you know, they'll start to really work. But um, for a little while, yeah, I'm afraid. This is the first time since Terrence Steele's rookie year where I'm like, I don't want you on the field right now. I I felt so good about him. Like, his rookie year, I thought, I'm like, send him to the sun. I'm like, this is awful. Why would you want this undrafted rookie anywhere near your team? And then guess what? You proved me wrong. He showed me that he could be a dominant tackle. That was atrocious. He was getting beat left and right. I was seeing Dak just like, well, like like you said, Tyron will have plays where he's great. Tyron will have plays where he's bad. But both tackles meeting Dak back the uh, back end of the pocket. That's awful. <laughs> Terrence Steele's either getting penalized or getting beat. <laughs> 
He was whiffing on run plays. I talked about the whole Pollard. It's just I saw another Tyler Smith didn't play well. He had so many penalties. Every time I'm like, oh, it's gonna be steal. Offense 73. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> it's just shooting yourself in the foot. It's just I don't know what's going on. There's like two players, maybe no, you talk about three to four players on offense. You're like, I like what you did. Everybody else. Speaking of which, that that drives you right into your next question, actually. <laughs> yeah. Do you believe Gallup should be getting less targets? Uh, yeah. Let's uh, let's go with a yes on that one. Um, he, I think there was a point in the game where Dak had thrown and was perfect to every other player, and his five incompletions were all to Gallup. Uh, he's he's not beating press right now. He just isn't people people are on his slants he can't beat them um i don't know if he doesn't have the vertical or what but he's not getting the ball deep the first one on deck it was an overthrow the fact that Gallup can't jump made it like look worse than it probably should have been but but Dak missed it but then the next one was a i mean again best pass of the night right between three people right in his hands and he missed it um he just hadn't been the same guy after injury, and it, and it's and it's a it's a thing right now. Pollard doesn't look the same. Steele doesn't look the same. You know, all these guys that have had major injuries. Jabril Cox didn't even make the team, and it was two years after that injury. I don't know what it is, but something's up here with our players. It scares me for Overshone. You know, hopefully he has the mentality to get past that, but. I don't know if our team's rushing them or if they don't feel fully right when they come back or what, but the the players coming back from major injuries are not doing as well as we, you know, we've seen them before. For, uh, first off, I agree. Gallup should be getting less targets. He got more targets than CeeDee Lamb. CeeDee Lamb was 7 for 7. It was 114 or 170. I, it's one of the two yards. But other than that, it's just – I hate it because I love Gallup as a player. He's so Me much too. fun. He's a ballerina, and he will get those toes inbounds. I mean, against the Cardinals, the defensive pass interference wasn't called, but he jumped up there. I'm like, oh, it's about to happen again, and it's great. I'm, but I don't. It goes back to my thing about with coaching staff and deck. Work with your strength. Gallup isn't going to be the slant guy taking them to the house. It's not like what Amari used to do. Even though I feel like they're like. Hey, we paid you. We let we traded Amari. You do what he does. They're completely different players. He's a vertical guy. He should have had that. No, he should have had that post. He should have. But he also did get pulled. I'm not trying to defend him, but he did get oh, he did. defended. But still, Dak hit him right in the hands, man. It was a dot of a dot 50 yards downfield. But like work with your strengths, man. CD Lamb. Uber talented. He can do whatever, basically, if you can scheme him the ball. Brandon Cooks somehow was out muscling people. I've never really seen him do that. So I was like, oh shit, we got something. Fergie, they didn't involve the tight ends at all, which why their linebackers didn't scare me. They were blocking. Scooney, Scooney and Pollard were were killers blocking. Uh and oh. Ferg. They they did a lot of good work. Uh uh chipping and hitting people and trying to even though it looked really bad offensive line wise imagine if that wasn't happening oh i know it's i always like seeing fergie in space it's gonna be the death of me i'm gonna want to see it every game but yeah michael gallup isn't what he i don't know what's going on but i don't think tolbert's the answer tolbert's not the answer in this offense he tolbert's showing that he's talented and that play where he you know muffed the kick because he got thrown into Cavante Turpin. As you can hear in my voice, thrown into Cavante Turpin. There are so many problems the- with that play. Let's <laughs> let's let's just say that you're allowed to push the guy into him. I didn't know that was a thing, but let's say that's a rule. Nobody nobody seemed to mention that that should have been called. So okay, fine. You're allowed to do that. Are you allowed to put your hand up into the guy's face when he like he for the last five yards, he just had his hand right. Uh, what's that? Called? Hands to the face, and then when he goes to get the ball, the guy pushes him in the back. 
when he when he falls because he thinks the ball's touched. He's he's hustling to to save a turnover. I'm not mad at him for that. He gets pushed right in the back. I'm like, as much penalties as that crew called, you miss that hands to the face and that push in the back directly. What you're looking at blew my mind that 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 play. And then they followed it up with the pass interference to Gilmore that was like. Paul doesn't like us anymore. Paul, Paul, Paul's still sad about the Niners game. So he only comes on if we blow out teams. I don't know what I did to hurt Paul's feelings or whatever, but I, he just doesn't want to show. It hurt, it's hurt. It's hurtful. We Brendan's very handsome, and Pete, Paul thinks that people will think it's him. And so he's just like, he reposted as me and Mike are on the pod. Look at how handsome I look with that when I shave. <laughs> which, you, which you don't know he's trying, he's talking all on twitter right now that he's live <laughs> yeah exactly uh okay well, you know let's get back to the positive i'm i'm tired of talking about the dumb stuff who gets the game ball it's got to be dak yeah i was like we could have gone three two one on that one yeah yeah for sure i mean if you if if you want to do like a marquise bell you know or uh Paul's just busy, Jordan. Don't worry, Paul. Paul will be back on soon. He's just busy. Tuesdays are hard for him to record. That's all. That's all it was. Yeah, um, we're just messing around. Yeah, yeah, we're just messing with him. Um, yeah, Dax, the game ball. You could say Marquise Bell if you want. Um, uh, you know that you can say the defensive coordinator, I guess, if you want. But but basically, yeah, Mar- Marquise uh, or Dak is the easy call. He, he carried that offense. He carried your team. Like, I would, I always love, I, cause I, I always feel like I know your answer a little bit because, like, since we've been talking and all that, but I'm like, you can't go anyone other than Dak. Like, other players had some good games, like, oh, CD Lamb over 100 yards. Who was throwing him the damn ball? And, Dak and running up. away from the pass rush and able to throw him the damn ball. Yeah. Since, like, we've been wanting Dak to show what he can do. That's him. That's what Dak is. He can be Houdini if your offensive line's not be, getting beat every play, because then you will get sacked because there's nowhere to go. But he he can make plays, man. Like I'm I'm so tired of having having to defend him, and that sounds like I'm just like tired of t- like talking about deck. I'm not, but like people will be like, oh, that's a fluke. He has such an easy pocket to run out of. Are you kidding me? Seeing Khalil Mack come at you, he had six sacks like two weeks ago. You're telling me he's easy getting away from Joey Bosa. Their interior defensive line was killing our ass too. Yeah. What are you? What do you want from him? I'm sorry, Dak's not 40 for 40, 550 yards, six touchdowns. If Holmes isn't doing that, if you expect Dak Prescott to do what he did against the Chargers, against the Niners, and win that game, you're going to get annihilated. You, it's I don't care honestly who you put back there. Sure, it'll be a closer game. Mahomes will make some more plays. But if all your plays, if all your big main plays are not plays you call, but plays where the quarterback miracles some friggin' thing where he gets out of the pocket and throw the the the, the biggest play of the game, third and seven, uh uh in the last drive where they're going down to make the game winning field goal, he gets out of the pocket and finds CeeDee Lamb for a first down. Like that wasn't a, hey, we faked the run, drew up the linebacker, the lamb was in behind, a nice tight throw, good catch by lamb. No, it was, oh, God, oh, God, he's going to get sacked. Don't turn the ball over. Oh, shit. All right. Good job, Dak. You're not going to do that against the 49ers. They're too good. You, you know what? You're not going to do that against the Browns. You saw when you tried to play like that. Eagles had a game like that where – Lane Johnson went out. The offensive line wasn't as good. Jalen Hurts had to had he made some plays where guys were dragging on him, and he threw a play. And I was like, "Damn, that's it." I mean, I can't hate on that play. But in the end, he threw three interceptions. Uh, two not really his fault, but the game loser was his fault. And that's what's going to happen. Even you know, there's a lot of people that think Jalen Hurts is a you know elite. You know, he was all pro last year. He ran into that where Cleveland's a really good defense and your offensive line wasn't doing his job and and Devontae Smith dropped the ball and everything. And what happened? They lost to a third-string quarterback. Like, you can only ask your quarterback to do so so much. It's a quarterback-obsessed league. 
But it is a team wins league still. I wish people would remember that. Sorry. No, you're you're fine. You're speaking what I've been saying on Twitter, Mike. It's either you win ugly, Dak's awful, he's the worst player ever, or we win we win big, and you're like, oh, the team carried Dak. Dak doesn't need to do anything. Team didn't carry him that game. <laughs> Even the biggest haters got to give Dak credit for that game. Yeah. I mean, it was it was it was a spectacular game. That was a hard fought win, and it was basically him dragging the offense to it. Defense did their job, yeah. But the offense that was all Dak. It's kind of like an F one car. Those cars are so powerful. They're so if you don't like got a good driver, that team can get, that car isn't doing shit. You're gonna be in last place, or you're gonna be in the pit the entire time. Yep. I, we we've gone long enough with Dak rant. <laughs> Yeah. Well, besides the game, who's your spotlight player? I feel I'm like gonna, we have the same answer. This I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna give this to CJ Goodwin. Um, and the reason wow. is he went out for the year, and if you didn't notice he was gone, you weren't watching special teams. That that the first return, that's the first return we've given up at all, and it's because typically CJ Goodwin's running down that gunner spot. And you have to give him so much attention that it makes the other gunner, who was pretty good, look even better. And now you take him away, and the other gunner gets that attention and gets, you know, you he can't get by that much attention because he's not as good. And then the, the, the guy that replaced him really isn't doing anything. And so they got a good return. We also had a fumble, uh, you know, the play where Tolbert was going. No, I mean, I would expect if CJ Goodwin's out there, would he say like, hey, you know, don't touch, don't touch, don't touch, you know, stuff like that, little stuff. You notice CJ Goodwin's, you know, missing. And every year we try to kick him off this team. We really like anybody that does a 53 man, we're always like, well, do we really need a, a special team? No, get, I, like next year I want him. If he's back and he's good, bring him back because I already seen – and we lost our other guy. I know he wasn't good for a second-round pick or anything, but Kelvin Joseph was a good gunner. And he wasn't, you know, I have no problem with getting rid of him. But that was the one thing he did do well. And so losing your top two gunners, you've already seen the impact of that. So I just wanted to give him the shout-out. CJ Goodwin, we know what you did. You were important to the team. I talked about this earlier, so I, I'm just going to make it brief. But for me, well, this now looks – awful because now you went for a player that no one really talks about and i'm about to go for the player that everyone talks about it's cd lamb he is saying bro i want the ball he's like he's indirectly complaining and rightfully so you're number one and you're getting treated like a number two number three yeah i um he dominated i uh i did an article the article that i turned in today one of the topics of the major breakaways was about targets to cd lamb and I'm and I'm going through top targets in the league, and I'm seeing like Chase, Jamar Chase have a game where he gets 15 targets, a game where he gets nine targets, and like we had one where Lamb got 13, you know, against the Jets, but then the next was seven. Like he hasn't got other than that game, he hasn't got more than seven targets. That's criminal. Like that, you want to help your red zone issues? How about throw your best player the ball? That you know, that could be a good idea. I'm I'm just yeah. saying, you know, so. Yeah, I'm with you. They, they need to – forget about us spotlighting him. They need to spotlight him even more. Seven targets is not enough. I've never been more optimistic about a bye week. Like, I'm hoping to see change. I'm hoping – they've traded for a player every year around the bye week, so I'm kind of interested. But if anything, we'll talk that on like a later show if they do anything. But I'm intrigued. This work on your scheme, but you 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 know what works. You see what works. Use it. You have plays that work. You don't have to do your boring vanilla shit. You have plays that work. Stop throwing slants and checkdowns. For the love of God, I feel like I'm talking about killing more stop routes and checkdowns. I'm so tired of it. It's so stupid. Agreed. I well, this kind of goes in with that's something about. Confidence in this team at a scale of one to ten. I'm gonna go as far as like a Super Bowl contender. I'm gonna go a four. Um, the offense just doesn't have it for me, uh, and uh, I don't know if the defense is good enough to 
completely carry a team in the playoffs past the better teams in the league. So as Super Bowl contenders, I'd say a four out of ten. Only reason why mine is higher, I said six, only because I saw the Eagles and <laughs> Eagles and Niners lose. I'm like, oh, you're giving me hope. You do this every year, every year, man. But I, I see the flashes of goodness, man. The offensive scheme atrocious, but the players are making up for it. The defense, they've been they've been gone. Besides the Patriots game, but the Patriots are awful. I don't think like that counts. But like the defense hasn't shown up at all, and now they did. They stopped the biggest thing. We can't stop the run. We can't stop this at all. You did it. You did it. It's one of the better running backs in the league. I just don't, don't. I I swear to God, you're gonna see me in like December, just completely like heartbroken, or you're gonna see me like super happy. And then one of our shows in January, you're gonna see me just sulking the entire time, barely talking, because I'm just gonna be disgusted with whatever I saw. They're not getting me. They're not getting me until I see this offense be up to that level until then you're, they're not going to get me i know but i saw the other top two teams play bad so i'm like maybe we just play a little bit less bad we don't gotta play good just play less bad we can do something i it's 40 we're in 46 minutes in and we're finally to mike's view from the sideline mine's gonna be quick because i i know we want to try to get through this fast so the 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 lady they kept showing as the charger fan that lady is a plant. That is a actress. I don't care what y'all say about she was on the news and she said this and this and this. I put on Twitter that I bet you somebody will find pictures of her on another team doing the same thing. And somebody tagged me in something where she was like a Vikings, the same thing in Viking stuff. I'll bet there's two more teams. That's my that's my view for the sidelines. You're gonna find two more teams. This lady was doing that for she's paid. She she's a, a no fake. And nobody really care about the Chargers like that. Nobody cares about the Chargers that much. Sorry. Nobody. Not their coaches, not their teammates, not no. So that's a plan. Okay. That's my view from the sideline. <laughs> fake ass actress. The funny thing is I tweeted about this like an hour or two ago. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Fake. I, I want to say like yeah, they have to use crowd noise from speakers. They had fake robots in stands for one of the games this year to promote a movie. No, you're just trying to show that uh, the Chargers have fans and all that. It, it was a 10-10 to 10 game, and she's screaming like it's the effing bottom of the ninth of the World Series over here. Like, she was like a day. WWE person who knows the camera comes on them, and so they try to do a crazy reaction to get on TV. You can't fool me. I know your ass is fake. Fake. <laughs> <laughs> all right well <laughs> true, true or false dallas is the top three team in the nfc false uh san francisco detroit and philly until we play them and show we can beat them we would be fourth but i i understand the argument for philly they've looked bad too but they're one game ahead of us so i'll say false fourth i, I say true just the fact, first off I don't see the Lions like that. I, they're doing great right now. Like Jared Goff's playing well, they're deep. Like they're doing good. It's, it's something's bound to happen. I'm not saying injuries. That's awful. I'm never gonna talk like. That. I'm just talking about. I think the team's gonna fall off. Like, come on, the Lions. I know their division's weak. They're gonna pop off like this, and they're gonna finish like nine and eight and win the division because the Bears are awful. Vikings can't do anything. Green Bay's yeah, like whatever. Come on. I don't see any. What if Detroit wins 12 games? It depends how they won 12 games. The, well, their schedule is pretty not good. <laughs> That's why. I mean, it, it all depends. No, but it all depends on how they win 12 games. It's like we destroyed the Jets. Oh, the, Jets are, the Jets apparently are now our good team in that we're awful still, even though we destroyed them, whatever. But, like, the Patriots – are good. The Giants are look better with Tyrod Taylor than Daniel Jones. <laughs> Daniel Jones is bad. And they just yeah. paid him this offseason. They can't do anything. It's just like I uh, I have hope. It hurts. I one word. This game made made uh, made you feel blank. Relieved. I I this was a what I call when I do my picks a schedule loss. Um, and so you just. 
That's why I'm not that pessimistic. I'm mad about the offense as I should be, but I'm not being pessimistic about the game because that's a game that you should lose the way the schedule is set up for you. And uh, you escaped with a victory. You found a way. So relieved. I'm relieved we got that W. I'm only seeing, so like I said, the Eagles and the Niners lost. And so I, I, I clicked my brain back in from a Rangers fan to a Cowboy fan. And I was really getting, I'm like, I'm optimistic. I hate it. I hate optimism. Optimism is like the most evil thing in sports. It's the worst feeling ever. But I'm like, oh, you can do it. If you actually go on a run after the bye week, if you show that you can improve, you can run it. You can. I be- I, I don't want to say I believe in this. I believe in the players. I'm going to put it that way. I believe in the players. There we go. Talent's there. I feel so much better with saying that. I've had so many arguments with my dad. He's like, this team's not that talented. I'm like, it is on paper. This team is so effing talented. They're talented. They got this, a lot of talent. But this scheme is atrocious. And so that everyone looks bad because they're doing things they don't want to do. But yeah, I I'm optimistic right now. I'm it hurts me say we're gonna like we're gonna lose bad to like the Rams or the Eagles, and I'm gonna come back down to earth and like, no, we're not it. This isn't it. And all that. But right now, I'm optimistic. I feel it. All right. Well, <laughs> 51 minutes in, we're now just now starting our top five sci-fi movies. I'll fly through this. I know I'm starting with five. I have to say, I put a lot of uh, a lot of. I'm not going to do this. Was very. This was probably my hardest top five because here's why. Terminator is a sci-fi movie, but for me, it's an action movie. So like Predator, Predator is an action movie. So what I did is I went through, man, I have Edge of Tomorrow, Matrix, Back to the Future, Star Wars, Terminator, Aaliyah, uh, uh, Small Soldiers, The Thing, Tomorrow War, Demolition Man. I went through a bunch of those things and I said, do I think sci-fi first or do I think another movie? When I think of The Thing, I think horror. When I think of Demolition Man, I think action. So... I went through those and all of those that I thought didn't think sci-fi at least was equal or a like my first thought, I eliminated them. I also eliminated Star Wars just because that's its own top five Star Wars movies. I don't need sci-fi. I do all five Star Wars. That's all the thing would be if I did that. So that's my caveat. So going in with that thought, my number five pick is the movie The Martian. Uh, Matt Damon gets uh, mm-hmm. caught on Mars. He gets left. Very good movie. Um, I highly recommend you watch it. It was funny that it won like an Academy Award for a comedy or something. I was like, what? It was, was a lot of comedy movie. movie. I mean, you laughed a couple <laughs> times, but it was clearly a drama. You know, this guy was like going crazy up there on his own, isolated. So, you know, uh, The Martian, definitely a sci-fi movie. Definitely a very good movie. So it made fifth. I will, now I'm not confident in my list at all because you kind of like called out like most of the stuff I have on here. This is just me. This is just <laughs> the way I did. So people wouldn't hear your list and go, why didn't you have that over the Martian? That was, this is my thinking. So you probably pick a lot of them that I put on there that I just said, but I just, I I put it in a different category in my brain. All right. Well, I my first one was Predator. Stupid. It's an action. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I... I, I love the movie. It starts off a whole new genre of sci-fi because it, it, of course it makes its own thing. Arnold Schwarzenegger, just a massive human being. But even a 80s sci-fi movie, if you don't have Arnold Schwarzenegger, you fail. Yeah. For real. <laughs> you fail. For real. That but hey, no. if if I had that as a f- sci-fi, that would be in my top five. I love I have I have every predator in uh 4K. And on uh, Black Friday, I'll be adding the movie Prey to that kind of the prequel to the Predator. Yeah, no, no, I've I've seen Prey. It's it's just it's so iconic. There's so many lines that you can just go verbatim. It's just it's it's a good movie. What's your second favorite? Obviously, the first Predator is everybody's favorite Predator. What's your second favorite Predator movie? Oh, you're trying to go for like an hour and a half on this podcast. I see what's going on here. <laughs> Uh, Predators for me, Robert Rodriguez, one where they're at their, like their home planet, but not God. I love that movie. Just, I love that movie. It's so good. 
See, I just want to say, like, for a like, comedic effect, I just want to say, like, Predator versus Alien. <laughs> no, none of those were good. Okay, we're moving on. What's number four? You've ruined Predator now. And I Alien. Wanted, I just wanted to say it, maybe that thought was funny. Okay. Well, then, uh, I, I had a movie, which you've already freaking talked about. So, like, my list is going to be even faster than that. I put The Thing, because the OG, The Thing, that pre- oh, that, yeah prequel it fit in well but it used the exact same premise and everything but then it ties it into the other movie which is good job but it's just whatever that uh that that movie is one of the greatest movies of all time and it's you can put it up to any sci-fi horror movie of now or at any time and it will probably be better and it'll probably look better with the with the non CGI stuff that they did back then, than anything they do nowadays, you can't. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I just didn't put it on here because I put it in the horror category. That's the only reason. And in the end of the movie, you're still questioning everything. It's not like oh, okay, this is the end. We all know what happened. No, you don't. You ever played the video you... game? No, I'm not. Play the video game. It's fun. I mean, it's old now, but it's it's pretty awesome the way they they leave recordings and it gets you into the backstory and everything. It's it's pretty awesome. All right, what's your number four? My number four is Ready Player One, uh, and I love that book, but I love the way the movie changed it to be um, uh, Spielberg. And I was really cool, um, and I and I don't think of it quite as an action movie. Like it has action, but I think of it more as a sci-fi because there's a lot of like the racing scenes and the chase scenes and the figuring out stuff more than just straight out action. So I snuck it in there. I think it qualifies under direct sci-fi for me or more sci-fi than action. So that's my four. What's your three? Uh, My number three is... This one was this one was tough. This one took a minute because I was trying to decide if I wanted to put that. There's a new movie that came out called The Creator, and I really wanted to get that on this list. It was that good, but I just believe it was too early. You know, you got to see something two times, three times to see if you enjoy it as much now that you know the story and everything. So I put iRobot very close to being just an action movie. Very close, but there's enough detective. There's enough like who done it storyline. Like it has action, but it's not a lot of like it's not a lot throughout. Like there's a car chase scene. Of course, there's the very end of it. Um, but a lot of it is a a thriller based around robots and um and the 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 bad guy is a sci-fi. You know um it. I put it in there and I love that movie. I love Will Smith in it. I, I think it's fantastic. So that one was a battle, but I thought it had more sci-fi elements than it did action elements. So that's why I put it in there. All I think of that movie is like the, the police station scene where they all just get destroyed. The robots just come in and murk everybody. I saw, that as a, I saw that not for me as a kid. I'm like, I'm like, I'm just seeing everyone just get effortlessly murdered. No one's putting up a fight. Even the chief is like, I, I got a shotgun. Oh, he's dead. He hit a couple guys with it. I know, but then he gets absolutely slammed. The robots were uh, superior. Yeah. My third is uh, the first Back to the Future. Yeah, I that one. Okay, so that one clearly is a sci-fi. The reason I didn't put it is because I, I could have just put Back to the Future 1 and 2 in the... Like, there's some movies, like, I see them, I guess, like, Star Wars as a complete set of movies. And if you if I break them up, like, they're all going to be one and two. Like, I love those movies so much that, I, that that's the only reason they're out. Like, I really love your list. I would probably have the same movies in different orders. But I'm, le- I'm, I'm finding reasons to leave them out to make it more of a pure sci-fi. So I kind of stuck Back to the Future in comedy. That was my thought. What? It's a funny movie. Oh, well, duh. okay. Well, duh. It's a funny movie. Well, come on. 
it's it's sci-fi, but I didn't want to put two Back to the Future movies in this list. And I'm sorry, but The Martian, Ready Player One, and iRobot are just not as good as Back to the Future 1 and 2. And so, and they're barely better than 3. Like, 3 was clearly not as good as the others, but it's still a good movie. So, I I, I left them out, okay? Well, so the thing is, I, I tried my best. I like, tried and put new ones in. I mean, like, we haven't talked about it in the past, like, month. But I had to sprinkle stuff in. Like, I, I, I couldn't not. I'm like, my inner child, like, I have to. Back to the Future, it is funny. I love Doc Brown, man. He is a legend. It's just, it's it's so damn... But you also see absolute murder. You see Doc Brown get gunned down completely by some randos. And you're like, oh, okay. It's I, just, I, I love that movie. That, that one's beyond reproach. I will not say a bad thing about it. This movie, um, for my number two, you've already basically talked about the series of it, but... There's one scene in here that absolutely scarred me as a child. Like that's kind of like the running theme with this. I was a puss as a kid. It was either Star Wars or I'm scared. <laughs> so, but it was Terminator 2, Judgment Day. The Legend. scene, no, where the fat cop is getting like coffee or the like at the vending machine, and the other one is coming. No, yeah, there's this, this oh. stab. I was like, I was like, I was like, what the fuck? What the fuck? I was like, just like staring at my dad. He's like, he's like. Yeah, it's great. I'm like, like my eyes are wide the entire time. I'm like, I can't trust anything now. What if the person comes with like me and just stabs me in the head? But then you like, of course, you get older and you just learn to just love it because you just watch everything that's going on. Like, damn, it's good. Arnold Schwarzenegger as a good robot, badass. The scene in the uh, where he where they're in the place trying to destroy everything and he has to go out and not kill the cops. Um, where homeboy jumps into the helicopter. Get out. And homeboy just like, I'm, I'm just going to leap out the helicopter. I don't, you know, hopefully I live. Because, that, I mean, it was when he's going through the bars and the gun gets caught. Again, I put that under action. But if it is sci-fi, how does it not make your list? Like uh, uh, That's fair. All time no. Arnold Schwarzenegger with a shotgun is just what I need in my life. He keeps it down at his hip and just blasts. Yeah. Hey, Arnold. So Arnold's ultimate, whether you want to call him sci-fi action, he's the ultimate of those of that genre. You know what? I don't know when we're going to do it because I don't know when I'll host again. But I already feel like I just, I just thought of a new top five. Top five Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. I have to ask Paul if we've done it because we. I don't think we have. But yeah, I would do that. Yeah. All right. What's your number two? Number two is Wally. And this no, that's, that's solid. Yeah. This one was tough to get in because my first thought is top five Disney, top five Pixar, top five animated. But I mean, you want to talk about a sci-fi movie? Like, it's a love story sci-fi movie. Like it, it it's I, I you know me with Disney. I mean, look behind me, look at the shirt, look at everything. <laughs> Wally is just spectacular. It it is as good as movie making as there is. And um, and it fits squarely within the sci-fi, even though I could have just eliminated it because it was a Disney movie. I was like, nah, this one deserves to be in there. Oh, number I, one. I'll do oh, mine. I, I, know, I, I was just going to say, I have no complaints to that. I just think it's funny. I'm going all old movies and you're going all new movies. <laughs> really? I am. I You know, because I... I think because I see a lot of the ones back then as action movies. So it's hard for me to, to, I was trying to narrow it down. All right. Cause sci-fi is hard because there's so many subgenres to sci-fi that it makes it difficult to pick five movies. My number one's interstellar. I mean, I love that movie. Christopher Nolan's a genius. I didn't put inception as a sci-fi movie. I don't believe that's a sci-fi movie. I think that's a straight detective movie. There's no like, that's like a mind bender movie. But Interstellar is sci-fi. Astronauts, time travel, you know, crazy stuff like that. If you haven't seen it, it's a it's an absolute must watch. There's a part where they go, have to go down to this planet. And, you know, you, you hear a tick. And every tick you hear is like a, it, it, I think it was like a year going by up in uh you know in regular time 
and it, and they go up back in space and the guy that they left like an hour ago, like age 30 years or whatever, it, it's Christopher Nolan is, is, is insanity. And I love that movie. And so number one, uh, I couldn't, I, I, I'm proud of you for not going with the ones we talked about. I couldn't do it. <laughs> Which one it. of the star Wars movies did you choose? I chose Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. Legendary. It's I I have no gripes with any of it. Hoth, badass. Oh, voice crack is like crazy. Let's go. Puberty. But dude, Hoth, completely insane, man. This is one of those iconic things ever. You see Darth Vader go after the Millennium Falcon. It's nuts. You have Cloud City. You have all this stuff. It's just so good. You have him learning from Epping Yoda. Like, dude. Lando. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You got Boba Fett coming in there. Like, it's so great. And then, of course, the ending. I mean, you know, Dark Father. That, Dark, uh, Father. That's Dark Father. Dark Father, <laughs> man. That's, uh, that's elite. Can I tell you something crazy that a lot of people can't believe, but I'm one of the few that are, are this way? I uh, both of them are ten out of ten and amazing. I don't even, you know, disparage any of the original three, but Return of the Jedi is my favorite because the the beginning with with uh, with um, Boba Fett, I mean, uh, Jabba the Hutt is my favorite like thing in Star Wars. Maybe other than Duel of the Fates, it's my favorite like thirty minute part of any Star Wars movie ever. I just love that. You just made me think about my favorite opening, though, of all time, Revenge of the Sith. And you see Coruscant's battle just slowly come into the full screen as Obi-Wan and Anakin start flying her. Honestly, you know what I want to see in the comments? I want to see if people should think that me and you should make a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> That's, uh, the, the funniest thing is if we did just, hey, you, got, you can't narrow it down. You can't pick. You just got to pick five sci-fi movies and you can't narrow out what are your five favorite sci-fi movies i'd probably pick five star wars movies yeah uh, maybe back to the future gets in there maybe <laughs> but the first three star wars four five and six are in there Im immediately yeah. so then it goes from there do i want to stick rogue one or uh force awakens or uh revenge of the sith like are any of those going to beat out Back to the Future 1 and 2? But that basically is the five movies. Dude, Revenge of the Sith gets better with age. It's, you more and more look back at it and you're like, that's what we had back then? That's what we were complaining about? You were the chosen one. Dude, no, and I keep hearing more. <laughs> we keep talking about Star Wars. Damn it. Cut <laughs> it off. It's over. I'm sorry. It's over. <laughs> D.D. Piglet. Letter C, letter D, Piglet. Find me, and we'll talk about Star Wars on Twitter. <laughs> Y'all can find me at Brandon underscore Smith 26. Y'all heard him. We got to go. <laughs> Hopefully, Paul will work next time. Yeah, Get seriously. Your ass back to work, Paul. What do you mean? We miss Paul. Yeah. <laughs>